Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and Class of Session. I'm Pure Scott. Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by Janet Conroy Quirk. Did I get that correct? Yes, yes. Very good. There's a lot of stopping points in your in your name. There. Janet Conroy Quirk. It's a list. I, yeah, I, people, people need to stop and think about every part of my name. <laughs> they do. You have pauses. You know what? Maybe you get to know people. They Nobody forgets your name. They don't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> I like that. Janet, I want to thank you for coming on here. Janet's a freelance writer, actor, and a speaker. She's got 15 years of uh, experience as a social worker with an MSW. I had to look that up, by the way, because I did <laughs> not know what an MSW was. I was like, hmm. And uh, that is a master's in social work. So I thought that was pretty cool. So that just means you're really good at looking at all of the uh, intricacies of society and familial units and things like that. What was that? She just gave me the eh, and sign. <laughs> you know. <laughs> to a degree. And also, you're the co-founder of nationalplusguide.com, correct? Uh, yeah, co-owner. It was founded by my uh, partner. Um, okay, co-owner. And yeah. uh, is that, um, I cannot pronounce her name, is it? Yeah, it's a ne- Nemade. Nemade? Yeah. Okay, Nemade. The, that African butterfly on Instagram. Yes. I did yes, see that. Okay. All right. Yeah. She's wonderful. <laughs> so Janet is here today to discuss um, obesity and the stigmas that surround it, the uh, implicit bias that is, you know, within humanity and how we can, quote unquote, de-bias society in, in different ways and show people where they don't necessarily um, know that they're being biased which is one of the biggest things. Do you want to share your story with us? Yeah, I'm 41 now. And um, I like to tell people that I've been pretty much every size there is throughout my life. And I know what it's like to be treated at each one of those sizes because there is a noticeable, clear difference um, when you're a size. I'm using women's sizes now. And I should point out that I don't really give a lot of yeah, credit. You could use any number on the planet yeah. as a woman's number and yeah. a woman's size number and I won't have a clue. <laughs> you could tell me it's a 5.3 and I'd be like, wow, a 5.3. You know, <laughs> no, no women's sizes at all. It's like kids. They're, they're so subjective, it doesn't even matter. But I think at every point in my life where I've been a different size, um, I've there are things that you notice. You notice if people are polite to you. You notice if you um, are given opportunities professionally or maybe passed over. Uh, you notice it romantically, how people think they can treat you. And mm. in social settings, in, you know, in acting, I certainly saw it there. Uh, a lot of narrow types for parts for me. A lot um, of typecasting you know, for yeah. obese people. Yeah. You know, you just kind of, you go with it, especially in acting, because you want to work, you want to be on stage. Um, but it's it's hard. And I think it's it's hard in general. We all kind of go out into the world each day and we are faced with these issues. And that I'm not. So if I if I understand that correctly, I just yeah. want to hold up one one second. Yeah. You are essentially forced to act as your stereotype in order to survive. 
That was my experience. Yes. That is awful because you know what? I I tend to agree with you that anytime it feels like when someone walks into the room on a TV show or an instant, they have to announce either that they are obese or that they were skinny or that there's this. It's almost like they have to be overcoming it in order to become, you know, a member of the cast. Exactly. It, it, It seems like it always has to be part of the narrative. People for years told me to watch um, This Is Us. I put it on and the first episode, she's on a scale and crying. And I said, okay, no, bye. Like, I don't oh, yeah. You want, you want to get, uh, you want to get nice and uh, triggered there? <laughs> right. To me, it just, it doesn't need to be the story. And we also, you know, we look at the typical roles and I can say I've played um, grumpy, annoyed janitor, grumpy, annoyed prison guard, <laughs> woman who was 95. Um, <laughs> They're so, it's so bad. Like, seriously, sound effects are associated with weight. Dudes that are overweight will never get rid of the tuba. As long as they live, it'll be going womp, womp, womp every time they go somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. But that is yeah. the that is the fat man's walk is yeah. the tuba. Yeah. That's not good. No, it's not. And, you know, I, I had some really progressive directors who would do the opposite. And I, I, I should, you know, give them credit. There were a few um, who do like a sketch comedy that I worked with in New York. And they gave me a, a really great role as like the diva supposed to play like a Hollywood A-list actress and I think there was some surprise that they gave that to me and I really loved that role um and that was great and um other people have given me some really nice see I feel like that's a borderline one too I feel like that's a borderline one too because I feel like diva doesn't get attached yet diva doesn't get attached to skinny as much as it does for what is quote-unquote overweight Right, right. But that, yeah, true. But true. it's got to be better than janitor. <laughs> Grumpy janitor. Grumpy janitor. Oh, I forgot racist juror that was in there too. Oh my God. Yeah. See, I don't, I feel like if I had to play a role like that, I would have to have everybody in the room roll laughing after every time I did one of those racist things. Like I would have to make it so brazenly ridiculous in the room as I'm acting it, that it just would not fly. Otherwise I couldn't handle it. And and I kind of did have to, to do that myself. I had to, and I I had a great cast with me, so it helped. Um, But yeah, you, you know, and and it was, you know, it was obviously, it was an older play and it was actually, the part was written for a male um, and they, you know, they wanted to try it with a woman. I guess it made sense to try it with a fat woman because we are tended to be seen as, a little less feminine. You're plucking all those strings <laughs> that people, I feel, you know, a lot of them are not aware that they even exist in the, you know, the backlogs of the brain, you know, those files yeah. back there, you know, the it's kind of like a pyramid. And unfortunately, those are all the base foundation understandings of these things. So you don't question them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, so, you know, to your point, like, it would be so great if we just had characters where we didn't have to talk about the size. And I, I was able to do one independent film where my size had nothing to do with the character. Just It was never mentioned. I was just playing a character and it was a great role. And I really, really appreciate the director. Um, and it was wonderful. And I, I can't wait to work with him again. And it was just a good, strong experience, like a good example of how you can do it. You just don't have to, you don't have to make the story about the body. It's only important if you make it important. Right. <laughs> That's exactly. the bottom line. Yeah. It, if you aren't looking at it and you're not calling it out, it doesn't exist to anybody. Right. Right. 
Yeah. And that's what people are doing. They're forced to look at it. They're forced to judge it. And then they're forced to put it against themselves. And let's face it, people love to be above other people any chance they get. And it's that's not even their fault. To feel fit means you're not fat, which shouldn't be that way. It yeah. should mean that you're just fit. And and that is, I think, one of the biggest things that we have to try to undo. The idea that weight equals or has anything to do with health because we know that it doesn't. But beyond that, I think what we have to also look at is your, you don't owe your health to anybody. And this is not, I'm not inventing this concept. This is a big part of, you know, fat advocacy. Nobody owes you health. You don't treat somebody differently because they are sick or because they're well. And if you have cancer or you have heart disease, or if you are, you know, whatever you have, you still deserve to go to a restaurant and be treated nicely, go to a clothes store and be able to shop there and not have to do it online, um, not be harassed on the street. So fat people don't owe anybody health and we don't owe, any, but owe people an apology. And I always say, don't assume that I'm, my life is about trying to shrink myself either. You know, and on top of that, they need, I think that there needs to be an understanding on what symptoms of, you know, core wounds and things like that actually are. They aren't just... PTSD movements where you need to be away from this or they're not just bipolar, ADHD type things. Guess what? Hand to mouth is just as much a symptom of a core wound as screaming at your wife every time she does something. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> so treat it as a symptom of whatever it might be. Where is that core? And then yeah. don't judge people because here, I'll say, it, fuck you. Because I did balloon up. I was ripped and shredded and I got on head meds and ballooned up to almost 300 pounds. It sucks. I opened my eyes and I lost it all again. And I can still see, I've seen both sides of the street. It's bullshit. It's shameful. Yeah, it is. And, you know, a lot of it. Sorry, again, I ranted there for a second. No, that's fine. I've been holding that for a long time. No, and we all <laughs> carry this with us because we talk about, you know, diet culture and exercise culture and you know these these and fat phobia every one of us is a victim of it every single one of us because we grew up watching media and stuff that kept reinforcing that people are silly that people are dumb nobody loves them right they can't know they're lazy they're not yet lazy yet lazy unsophisticated you know all of these things you know people nice people will say that, that they're surprised that i've traveled or you know, I, my husband and I went to a restaurant once and the person said something to us like, we don't serve burgers here. And I was like, well, I knew you didn't serve any goddamn burgers. I looked at the menu. Like, there's just this assumption that we don't know how to eat. So he, he, this, this person looked at you and assumed that you wanted ground beef. Right. And that they don't have it, so you shouldn't be there. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's beyond bias. It is. It is. <laughs> that's not an implicit bias. Let's no. put that out there. No. That's a that's a screwed up person. Yeah, it is. And you have to remember that. You know, there's something there. There's something that person, you know, that made him feel good, I guess. But, you know, later on at night. He hates himself. Him. Yeah, he hates himself. We're going to talk about a lot of things. But one of the things I want to point out is that in order to reintegrate or to understand, we have to look at the people that have been making these judgments, right? And you can't scream at them to stop. It just doesn't work that way because you can't tell them, you can't tell somebody that they have, you can't yell at somebody that they have an implicit bias. Yeah, right. Because yeah. it doesn't work that way. 
because they don't know that they have a bias. So you're just telling them they're fucked up. Right, and nobody right. wants to, nobody changes their life because somebody goes, you're fucked up. If yeah. not, we wouldn't have A, A, N, A, anything else on the planet. Right. You know, yeah. and people would yeah. just be like, oh, got it. I'm done. Right. Yeah. No, it, there are so many different ways to deal with whether it's trolling or in-person harassment, which is less common. Most of it is done on the internet because that's what we do in life, right? Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, it, there's no more face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Although, you know, you know, it, there's still street harassment. I've experienced that, but yeah. it. Oh, no, no, I meant like the trolling, yeah. you know. Oh, it, yeah. It's not as oh, brazen. No, yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I've tried a few times with people to take the high road and say like, you know, I hope you have a better day tomorrow. Sometimes it works and they're like, you know what? Or I've had colleagues say, you know, I tried to talk to a troll and it kind of worked. I've had it only work maybe once and it didn't even really work. Um, so I mostly just ignore it. But it's, it's, you it's should. frustrating. Yeah. You should. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, whatever you place importance on becomes something. Yeah. You place importance on the troll, the troll becomes a part of your life. Yeah. It now has space in your head that it's not paying rent for. <laughs> but most people, you know, it's hard not to hold on to what's being said because the reality is what they're saying, you believe. When you're obese, when you're, you know, you're put in that stereotype and you're cornered into that situation, you believe you're those stereotypes. And and that hurts. Some, sometimes. I mean, I, I won't say that I... I did. Have, For yeah, a lot of the times yeah. because of how things were presented... It's, I feel like, so maybe I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people and I shouldn't. What I would have experienced is any kind of bias that I felt like I was receiving, I felt like I deserved. That internal shame that came along with it was the hard part to counter. Yeah. Because when you try to ignore someone that's throwing out that kind of, you know, rhetoric or that kind of, you know, horrible, tormenting, you know, things, you can't make that that differentiation when you feel when it, it's kind of like putting your finger in an open wound. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, I think we all have, did that know, make sense? Yes, it did. Yes. And I think, you know, body positivity or fat positivity, even it, it doesn't really mean that every day you're walking around like, you know, flipping your hair and looking amazing and feeling great because none of nobody does that. We all have <laughs> I love that. Like, like we all have our it's media. Thanks, media. We all have our really terrible days, but I think I think what we've done a little bit in the fat positivity movement or size acceptance movement, all these terms are kind of, I'm just going to throw them all out because I just, I think they're all valid, um, is kind of, it helped me to start seeing more women who looked like me because that helped me realize, okay, because I, I actually didn't have, still don't have a lot of plus size friends. I just don't. Um, but everybody approaches it from a different way. I mean, even there are probably people who would get mad that I just, I just said plus size rather than that i use whatever term i want to i, I actually wanted to ask you what why yeah. why why do these terms even exist and it, it, it's weird you know some people there is a big push to not use obese because of its origins and because of kind of things around bmi and like yeah. things that we know are kind of suspect but you know then i've also gotten into these discussions with other advocates about fat and said some people believe everybody should say fat we're not doing plus size or curvy or fluffy those are euphemisms well, okay, but we need to unpack that fat is a very traumatic word. And it took me a long time to, we want to reclaim it. And I, I understand that, but you can't just tell somebody to go reclaim it. They have to be ready to. So I don't fight with anybody who doesn't want to say fat and wants to say plus. 
um, I, 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 I use plus pretty frequently. Uh, you know, for me, I think that uh, I just want to bypass all of that and find <laughs> out what is causing the situation. If it's a situation, you can be large and be healthy as hell. I lived in Japan. Sumo wrestlers are not unhealthy. Those bastards are huge, yeah. you know, and they're strong. They're not unhealthy. Right, right. And, and again, you know, some some people who are large, no, they're not healthy. But a lot of thin people are not healthy either. So we've got to kind of break away from that whole thing. Because I, yes, it's a big refrain that I hear often as well. As long as you're healthy and, you know, I just, I want you to have a good quality of life. And, and it just, it makes me, it really frustrates me because I know that my quality of life is excellent and that my mental health is a lot stronger than a lot of people who are smaller than me and, you know, have to spend all of their day bitching about having eaten a cookie or, you know, you know, discussing their, you know, Peloton for hours and hours. And there's just so much more to life. And I'm not judging. And people like this have No, I know. And here's the thing, you know, a non-pure scholar, right? On the, on the logo, it says that, not an accredited school. Look, we're going to say things that come from our points of view when we discuss things like this. And if there are people out there that have different beliefs or thoughts behind it, share. That's how we get an open dialogue. But I don't want you to feel like you're going to offend a certain group while we're talking because you said this word versus that, that word. Because I yeah. feel like that type of scenario really impedes our ability to have open dialogue. And I'm not saying that we disrespect anybody or we try to, you know, right. whatever it might be, but the reality is we need to be able to talk. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from having spent most of my adult life in social work where you are taught to choose every word so carefully. And, you know, and even in writing, I have to choose every word so carefully and even advocacy again. It's And it's, and I think part of it is the pushback because I've gotten people saying to me, I had friends a few years ago who got upset about an, an, an article I wrote and everybody decided I was like cr criticizing exercise. And I kept being like, is anybody listening? Did you read the article? <laughs> like, that's not what happened at all. And it's so now I feel like I always have to preface any kind of like good old cancel. With, like, right. Yeah, I tried to cancel exercise. And I came out around Christmas. I was like, I'm the bitch who stole fitness. Cool. Like I was just like, dude, isn't that isn't that supposed to happen every year from no from Thanksgiving on to January? Nobody's <laughs> fucking working out anyway. I would love to be the Grinch who stole fitness. That's fucking amazing. I'm gonna make that shirt. Nobody, that's mine. The Grinch that stole fitness. <laughs> what that? It's and you know, but I think as long as you keep having the conversations and I have kind of went and went back and revisited it with some of those people. And I think they now get it that it's just a matter of how you talk about life. And there's so much more to talk about. And, and I think this is, if I had to say to people, like the biggest takeaway about being respectful to other people's bodies, fat bodies, larger bodies, bar bodies that are bigger than yours is how you talk about your own. Because when you sit there and say, mm. I look like such a fat ass and you're talking to somebody and you're or, Oh my God, I look so bad. And you know, it, and and if I'm sitting right across from you, all I'm hearing is, well, now I know what you think about me, huh? And yes, does that sound a little bit like, oh, it's all about you? Maybe, but no. The reality is the person that's making that statement sets the benchmark for the room. Right. Yes. And that's the bottom yes. line. So when you Fair make much. that judgmental statement, you put everybody in the same bucket. It's yeah. not intentional, probably, like no. you're saying, unless someone's trying to give a hint. 
you know, we know they do that too. And it's, unfortunately, it's just kind of how we talk, especially I think women were taught it's the easiest way to connect, right? If you start a new job or something, um, oh, what do you have for lunch? Oh, I'm on a diet. There you go. You, you automatically, you've connected now. You're, that was the easiest way to make a new friend. Um, and it's, it doesn't need to be that way. I love how TV and creativity shaped our entire mindsets <laughs> to follow these types of things because we know where we saw that first on TV. Somebody scripted right. that because you guys weren't sitting around talking about diets right. before they started telling you you needed to talk about diets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. So much. Yeah, so much of this comes from from media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very true. <laughs> did I get that one right? I think you yeah. did. <laughs> yes, yes. That was good. Yes. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> you said that we needed to advocate for better representation. Yeah. What does that look like? So to me, it looks a little bit like what we were talking about, you know, having lead people on TV or playing, you know, just important roles that have nothing to do with their body. Their body is not part of the storyline. They're just there. So yes, that's important in movies and TV. And I think the modeling industry, we've got, I think we've somewhat moved away from the, the idea that modeling, I don't think was ever what we saw in like the nineties, for instance, you know, I'm 41 again, the nineties. Oh, wow. Yeah. The beginning, the beginning of Victoria's Secret. Yes. I'm surprised, you know, you could hula hoop in a Cheerio then. It was like, it was on, it was just horrible. It's so it unhealthy. And I'm not trying to skinny shame because there are people that yeah. are that are. thin, but Absolutely. it, it yeah. was a grossly overstated need for someone to be seven feet tall and one inch wide. Right. And then we made them an angel and we gave them their wings and all of that silliness. And I think now we're getting more to a point of, they used to call it real person modeling and I would just call it modeling. I mean, if you modeling is you want to know what your clothes look like. And I know that if, it's the if, benchmark. Wait, if, you set if the I, benchmark when you had to say real, real. If I want to see what a size 28 dress looks like, because I wear a size 28, it is very hard for me to find that picture on a website. It is because they'll show me somebody who's a size 14. That's not really helpful. So we need more representation in the clothing industry and media. And I think just we need to be telling more stories of people who are successful and success means a million different things. Um, so people, just anyone who is leading and who is just breaking these stupid antiquated stereotypes about how fat people just hide in the corners and don't know how to be leaders. Um, that to me is representation too. And a lot of it is just, um, I guess for me, sometimes it's just showing up. It's just, so how know, do how does someone that wants to advocate for obesity, uh, fat, whatever the word is, um, how do they get a seat at the table? Because we yeah. know that there is a implicit bias from above that is preventing that. How do we bridge that divide? And I, I'm a big fan of that because there are people and um, a few back when I was working for a magazine, I had taken some heat from a, a colleague who said, you know, you put people in the magazine who weren't fat. And I said, yeah, that's right. I know. <laughs> and then um, she felt very strongly that I shouldn't have done that as a plus size magazine. I said, right, but the article was about people and it, across the world. We had contacted people in different countries to talk about fat in Japan and fat in, you know, uh, Germany. And I said, and they were giving their impressions and their stories. And, you know, some of them had talked about eating disorders. Some of them shared a lot of things. So everybody's point is valid. So yeah, I think bringing everybody to the table, regardless of size is important. And I think allies, people who are not plus size can just 
can be helpful by just, you know, shutting down conversations that are damaging and being aware of like even what you show your kids, you know, show your kids some diversity. You know, is your kid, you know, we, we're very into watching movies now that are more racially diverse, so important. And body diversity, there's a that, there's a place for that too. You know, your your children should be able to see a book about, you know, a fat body. And the goal is know. not to segregate because, yeah. you know, it's too, I, 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 there's so many different words here and I feel like they almost don't apply or have some kind of, you know, you can't say assimilate because that would mean that you weren't within, um, you can't say, I mean, it's symbiotic. I don't know what's the word here, but it needs yeah. to be. It just needs to be integrated, not where we drive a wedge down it and we make more pie slices like we're playing the old, you know, trivial pursuit game and everybody's putting a wedge in. It's not supposed to look like there's walls between them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. And and that's what it ideally, that's what it would all look like. The representation would just be, well, I've seen all these different bodies and Kudos to you, by the way. Kudos to you. That it, it makes sense. It's like almost like being reverse biased to your own situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 all very, you know, complex and difficult. And I think people the bottom line is just we're afraid of what we're not really exposed to. We all know that. And I think a lot of people live in a fear of fat people, not necessarily because of the fat person, but because of their fear of what it might be like if they had to live in that body. I'm sorry, but you hit the nail on the head. You were speaking earlier. You said that a woman could be in the room and say, oh my God, I feel so fat. And she she set the benchmark for everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. It didn't just affect the person that's quote unquote fat. Right. It affected everybody in the room. So when you walk around skinny, it's almost as if in those situations that you have to take it while you can. Because they're all afraid of it. Everybody feels like they're overweight because they can be. That's the issue. Everybody's subject to, unless you're genetically, you know, super skinny, which is fine. That Honestly, that's the only difference because just because you, you know, smoke 100 cigarettes and you're, you know, super skinny doesn't mean you're healthier than the person that's got pudge. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then again, you know, mental health is a component we never talk about when we talk about fitness. You know, there's a a saying, you know, what if we talked about going to our going to therapy as often as we talked about going to the gym? It's true. You know, I I think it's wonderful for somebody to have a commitment to getting up and running every day. I have many friends who do that who are trainers, and I I love that it makes them happy, and I do. But I sometimes wonder. Yeah, but there are other things too. So you know, like I feel great after I talk to my therapist. I actually had a long time ago when I battled the weight had come up with a idea for athletic wear for someone that was overweight because my God, for everybody wanting you to get skinny, they don't give you shit to wear to get there. Like none. You have to look like a, like, like legitimately a sausage in spandex. If you want to, or you have to shop at like Marshall's for the fluorescent green, you know, whatever from 10 seasons ago, that's like a, a whatever size. It's actually makes you stand out even more. Right. And then I, I thought about it and you're actually making me rethink something. Here was the idea coming up with a plus size fitness brand that was called under construction. And, you know, it'd be like a U and a C and it would be almost like, don't even bother. I already know. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, why would we need to call attention to it? Unless we made it a brand across the board and everybody could just say, we're all under construction. We're all under construction. Yeah. Cause that, I guess that would be, 
my, my, my only concern is that I would think, well, what, but why I, I already am I agree with you. where I am. Yeah. And, and we all, but we all might want to change something and yeah, but I, I you know, I just, I, it, and and then I know that a lot of people experience this in gyms when they are fat and they want to go to the gym because a lot of people do. There's a lot of good fatty behavior. There's a lot, I know people, and this happened to me too, who will say, good for you. Or, you know, a woman approached me one time. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, you I, get I, like a response as if you, you were 80 years old and you, you know, picked up something. Yeah. And, and that, because it's just this kind of, freedom to comment. People believe that fat people's bodies are up for comment. This woman said to me, it's back when I was at like a Lucille Roberts, and she was like, you know, I've been watching you since you came in and, you know, you're doing so well. And I was like, um, I, I have, I've been swimming since I was three years old, so I'm pretty good at it. And like, you know, so what are you talking about? Like, is there a change in my body? Maybe. But why are you talking to me? Do you, you think know, like, that person meant that? I think she probably thought she was being kind. I think she probably thought. That's a problem, you know, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That right? is the problem. Yeah. And I think she thought that I needed to hear that and and that she thought that I was there to change my body. I actually wasn't. I was there to because I was working a terrible job. It was right next door and it was a way to like relax at the end of the day and get some emotions out you because. You just do whatever yeah. you want. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the assumption is that people want to tell you that you've lost weight or you look good or that looks so flattering on you. And I, I don't need you to tell me that. Like, I don't, I'm not trying. So to let me ask you this. If, if that's the case, then what is a person to do to not take that on because those questions are going to happen because yeah. of the implicit bias that are here now, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm just throwing extra thought out thoughts out there, and I I, I wholeheartedly believe it's a mental health issue. Uh, if it's if it's you know attached to that, it's a symptom of something, and and people don't treat it that way. Yeah, you know they they don't yeah. give it it's it's due. I think, you know, what it kind of reminds me of is I, I've been doing some work to just kind of avoid physical compliments in general. And I think my reason for that is they can be really damaging. You know, you could tell somebody, hey, you look great, you've lost weight and not know that there's something very serious going on. What if they and, didn't think they were fat? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that, you could have been the, the first one, to, the, the first one to kick the domino. Right. And also, you know, it just. These things that we compliment each other on, I would rather compliment somebody. So I've been trying to say more like, I'm so happy to see you or you make me so happy to be around you or like, tell me I'm so impressed by what you're doing or your kids were so kind the other day. Like those kind of things, because those things matter and the other things are going to go away. And, you know, sometimes you have to get some tough boundaries and I've created tougher boundaries. And I think most people in my life now know we don't talk about Janet's body. We don't discuss it. We don't discuss her weight. We don't discuss food. We don't just we don't say nasty stuff about fat people in front of her we just don't do it and if they're unclear on it i will let them know um in a in a in a, in a, in a cool way depending on the situation um I'm, if somebody, somebody's yeah. not being cool i'm not cool back right so, no i understand that so let me let me ask you this so we know this exists we know that we need to we need to counter it we need to figure out ways that we can you know help people de-bias you know these these situations but let's put that to the side yeah. And now let's go to the person that's standing there that um, is living this life. And I'm not going to say that there is a fault in that person because there isn't, yeah. right? They're being told there's a fault. They are living that fault. Right. They are in a reality created by that fault. 
how do they navigate their lives? Because I don't care right now for this sake of this portion of the conversation, what anybody that hasn't been fat or isn't associated with this situation is at this point. What is it for those individuals that are living this life? Yes, they need advocacy. Yes, they need plus size or whatever larger clothes, whatever you want to call it. They need all those things, right? For now. Yeah. But what is it that helps them navigate this reality? Because the reality is not going to go away. And I want to help them in the moment as well as advocate for change. Right. So, yeah. How do you get through the day? How do you, how, what is the, what do you do? How, what are some, you know, what are real... your skills for navigating life? So you yeah. don't take on that stigma as your persona and feel that shame or that, you know, that, so that pain. A lot of it for me is about controlling what I expose myself to and what environments I feel safe in. So media, yeah, I, you can fix, that's the easiest thing to fix, right? Fix your Instagram, your Facebook, fix your feeds, whatever, or don't go on it as much. That's pretty easy. Um, where you go, who you associate with. There are people that I've stopped spending time with, or there are people who have chosen to stop spending time with me um, because they have not enjoyed or That's sad. It, it's it really, sad. really, it really sad. It is. For something it is. so non-existent. Yeah, but I have to believe, again, the problem... No, I get it. No, um, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying... I'm not shaming yeah. the situation. No, 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 no. <laughs> and um, So it's really just about making the decision, you know, and I, I think people are doing this a lot after the pandemic, they're kind of saying, I don't really have to do that stuff I didn't like to do anymore, or I don't have to be around that person anymore. Like, it's just not worth it anymore. There are ripple effects that have created change, although it is such a traumatic thing that the planet has gone through. It is a catalyst to some of the biggest mental health awareness I've ever seen. And Eastern philosophy, meditation, prayer, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I love it. That I love about this. Yeah. Hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now back to class. It's been quite a awakening in, in, in a lot of good ways. And yes, I think that's kind of what it is. Remembering that you have control. And I think also, you know, there's always a pick your battles kind of thing. You know, I, if somebody, you know, if somebody screams something out the window at me when I'm walking on the street, there's not a lot I can do about that. It will, it will upset me. And this just happened about three weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I was walking up to meet my dad and my husband at a restaurant. And when I got there, I was pissed and I was angry. And, you know, I told them what had happened and they both were, you know, upset that I was upset. But hmm. I was yeah, like, of course, because that's a transferable feeling and there's yeah. love in there and all right. those types of things. But I, I couldn't let it ruin the whole dinner either. So I had to kind of reground myself. And in that moment, the person, an employee who works at that restaurant came by and gave me a big hello. It's a very friendly place. I feel comfortable there physically, emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was able to just switch my mindset and say, you know what, for every asshole in a van who wants to yell stuff, there is a safe place for me. Um, and that's kind of why we developed the plus so, so let me ask you a question. Why did it upset you when they yelled that? It upset me because what they yelled was fat pig. And I was not the not the words, not no, no, the, no. not the shaming situation, but in particular, why is it that that sure. you know hurt you? It, it hurt me. It, it was more of an anger 
it was more of a you think you can kind of thing. There you um, go. Because in my bottom, and I was all I was doing was I was walking up the street, and I have every right to do that. And it, it's a little bit disturbing, so very, very disturbing to know that somebody somebody would take the time, and these were adults because I could somewhat see them to scream something very very hateful because they just knew that there's no consequences. First of all, how, like I can't, I didn't have my phone to get a picture of the of the car because I don't walk around doing that because that's paranoid and crazy. So no let me ask you this. This this truck van thing with whatever, you know, I don't want to stereotype people, but I've had got I've got my envision uh, on on how this might look, which is bad too. But yeah. are those people going away? They are not. They're okay. not going. So away. they're not going away. And we want somebody that's living in this quote unquote fat body to enjoy life without that stigma. Right. Mm -hmm. The path to that, and I'm just throwing extra things out there because we do need to do all those things. But the path to that would be, I think, as well to find out why it hurts. Sure. Right. So yeah. that so that each person can get their own clean slate and live life without even caring. Once we place importance on what somebody says, it rinses space in our head. It yeah. becomes part of our life. It becomes something that we have to either regret if we act on it, because here's the reality. You weren't mad at what they said to you. You were mad because it was a human being that felt the need to hurt somebody else in that manner. And you want them to stop or know the consequences of it. And we all feel that way at the core of every one of these divides that we have. We're not mad that someone's racist for the reasons or the things that we're mad because they're making the decision to hate when we know there's no need. Yeah. And when we know there's no need, it hurts us inside and we want yeah. to make people stop. Yeah. But the reality is in order to make something stop, you have to make it not important. It's kind of like we're all kids. We're fucking children. We believe we're not, but we're, we're still playing the same game of make believe we started when we were kids. Yeah. So yeah. if we're all children, what happens when a kid picks up an annoying habit and starts doing it all the time? Right. And I'm not right. saying that shaming people is an annoying habit. You know, it's horrible. But the first thing we do is what? Ignore it. Right. Ignore it. And what happens? So they get the tired. gift, <laughs> the, the, the pendulum doesn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. They're pushing that only because something inside of them hurts that day and they need to get rid of it in some way, shape or form immediately. And that's a beautiful target yeah. because the stigmas attached to it say it's okay because it's yeah. their fault. Yeah. But the reality is that person did not change anybody's life at the fundamental level. Those were just words that flew yeah. by you, right? Right. Right. So if we can effectively find a way in just certain situations, so like I said, it's not the overarching, you know, issue or anything like that. But if we can help people that are living within this stigma, be able to differentiate with the fact that everything that's said from someone in that, from that point of hate, malice, whatever it is, it's non-existent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. It, you can't hit me with a sack of words. What I'm trying to say is that if we can find that center where we can look at these statements and we can say, you know what, 
For me, they do not exist. For the greater good, we need to advocate for it. Mm. So I just feel like there needs to be that divide so that so the people can heal and exist while we're taking on the issues. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And I I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think most advocates and people who do this every day, we've had to, to, we've had to take that stance. We've had to be able to say, Mm. okay, so this is so stupid. And, you know, and, and your insults aren't even creative. And then, and decide when, when you take action, what, you know, when you're, if you don't feel safe, you know, then I always advise people go do something about this. Or, you know, if something's really outrageous, we're going to talk about it. I need to know in what instance that a person that's overweight, quote unquote, because I feel like that's just, I don't like having to even say that. But where is safety an issue? Can you explain those scenarios? Because that scares me when you say something like that. I mean, a, a lot of it, of course, is online, you know, and, and I have, you know, many, many stories of people who not just were insulted, but were, you know, tracked down by email. Um, one woman I know recently had several death threats sent to her. So that does happen quite a bit. Why do you hate somebody overweight that much? I don't know. That's but, a really, really shitty, weird wound. It is. But, you know, I will share that before we moved out of New York City a couple of years ago, um, and I don't, I didn't tell anybody this when it happened. Um, we were on the subway. It was rush hour. Everybody's miserable. Everybody hates each other. And, you know, it was one of those days where you're wearing a coat, but it's really hot on the subway. So I was sweating, as you do. And sometimes fat people sweat even more. I sweat a lot anyway. Um, even when I was thin, I sweat. Who cares? Anyway, um, it was a crowded train and this guy next to me. Um, Dude, it's a bodily function. That's all it is. The guy shoved me and said, get your fat ass out of the way. And he shoved me so hard that my head actually hit the metal pole of the subway. Dear God. I would call that assault. It Um, is assault. But, you know, in in that moment, he was, there was nobody around offered any support at all. And he was off the train by the next subway stop. So what can you do? You know, you're not going to go find, you know, a police officer or somebody. I'm not going to go report it somewhere. I have no idea who he is. So it's and, just the outright disregard and disconnect with the protection of somebody that has like the same implied rights as everybody else to not right. be abused by the people that surround them simply by existing. That people can't be the punching bag. Right. They can't. And so that, yeah, that was an unsafe environment. And actually, it took me months to take the subway again, which cost a lot. For me and my husband financially, that was, you know, and it took me a while to get back on. And that was bullshit. And I felt terrible avoiding it. But I also at that time, I wasn't ready. Yeah. You know what, though? You shouldn't feel terrible for avoiding it for the simple fact that that's called being human. You should step away from it so you can recenter and figure that out. Cut yourself some slack. I know you do it because you're an advocate. As an advocate, you don't want to step away because then you're you're setting a bad example. But cut yourself some slack. (laughs) I have. I've learned to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there there's there are different ways that can be unsafe and sometimes you just get a sense of something too. I've walked into places and gotten a look or something and and, and just said, hmm, I feel like I it's generational as well. I feel it, it, like it is a bit generational. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely yeah, I I I've I've seen some 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 people write about that that you know with, with some of the older generation, there's a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I also see it with people my age, too, and I think they're actually pretty not so great. I, I think the younger generation is doing a little better with it. They give um, me hope. They do. Yeah, me too. They give me hope every day. Like, yeah. I know TikTok is a cesspool for other things, but at the same time, I see a lot of things that show diversity and inclusion. 
And I feel like we're starting to place the body in the inclusion. Before, it's just been racist. It's just been this, that, the other. But it's been ostracized and set out to the side as if it doesn't exist. It's been shamed in the corner, even in the D&I room. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think there, there's a lot of work being done to to bring bodies into that in a lot of different ways. And they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're good allies. They're, they're wonderful. Let me ask you this, uh, because I feel like this might be a factor um, for the violence piece or for mm-hmm. danger piece. Yeah. I feel like the stigma that surrounds women and obesity is a huge contributor to domestic violence, domestic yeah. violence or mental abuse and allowable mental abuse. I feel like it is just rampant throughout the United States as far as I would know. Yeah, it's something that I actually had planned to do some research on to get some numbers on and I wish I had them um, related to domestic violence and the victim being uh, large or fat plus whatever word we're using. I'm very interested in that. I, I do know that there's been some studies done about rape victims and how they are mm. less likely to be believed when they are that because unfortunately there are some very very warped people who still equate rape with attractiveness or desirability or somehow feel that it is something about yeah desire gotta love those implicit bias yeah and you know so there's a lot of research that shows that fat women are often not believed when they report sexual assault uh rape Mm. or even sexual harassment um i can say i can actually well not to get too into it but i can say that i i believe it um and so Yes, I think females, we have this idea of what we want them to look like. I, I, you know, I, 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 you can hear my voice. I don't speak in a very feminine tone. Um, and I don't, uh, you know, I, I wear makeup and stuff. So I, I'm not going to voice shame anybody, but <laughs> I, I, of the frequencies that I want to hear, high is not the one that I want in my ear for the longest period of time. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like, it's common knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah, but it can it can be off putting, I think, sometimes to certain types of of men and women and, and, and anybody. You know, we all have this, but we yes, we are still fighting this idea. Gotta of, be honest, didn't notice anything about your voice. Okay. Not even it wasn't even on my radar. Couldn't have noticed anything. So I learned to love it. You know, <laughs> I think it's a great voice. I just it, cool. it wasn't on my register. I was like, no, that's where did that come from? Oh, that came from up in Janet land in my brain. Of course, right? What we forget is that when we hurl these things at people and someone grabs onto it and makes it a reality in their head, that leaves a lasting impression. You will, at 40, look back at, you know, 25 when somebody said you had a fucked up front tooth. Yeah. Just as simple as that. That is a permanent scar on the brain. In the reality that we live in, because it is a demerit in what society can judge you at. Every demerit is pain because it's harder to feel equal. Yeah. And I, it's such a, such a, you put it so well. The only reason I'm laughing is I'm remembering like when I was in seventh grade, remember those commercials like Gillette, the best a man can get. (laughs) Yes. And there was some guy, boys in my class, every time I would talk. They'd be like, Gillette, the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to hug him? That's fucking great. I'm sorry. Well played. Yes. So this is what you have to do. As long as it's not from malice. See, this guy, you didn't know him. So that's an asshole. But if he was your friend, you see, I would, if you're my friend, 
<laughs> and to get in that group, that's got to be something that you're okay with because we take the power away in our group. Right. We yeah. take it away, but that's... that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah. Why would you yeah. do that to somebody that you don't know or it hasn't been in Here's the, it should be, it's only open if that's the relationship you have with the people right. that you hang out with. Let me put yeah. it that way. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying exactly. that that was a nice thing for him to say in any way, shape or form, <laughs> but right. you brought it out there. So yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? in retrospect, I'm like, really, that was the worst thing you had. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, You're it's right. so random. I didn't sound like the other girls. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe it wasn't even a slight. It may not have been. It, it might have just been. been. It's the same, you know, note frequency, yeah. you know, yeah. cadence, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, we never know, but it's funny how that immediately became a reality. Yeah. And you remember it. Yeah. And you remember it. Yeah. When in reality, it wasn't anything. It didn't even need to exist. No. It's some bizarre phenomenon where something that happened still has a reality. Oh, see, you brought the cup up. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not a huge sports guy, but I love I'm, I'm a Giants fan. So you had a Buffalo Bills coffee cup and I love giving uh, all my friends the Scott Norwood harassment. All my husband's, all of the paraphernalia is his, but I've learned to just be like, okay, well, I guess I have to like someone. I'll like them too. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just, I, I, I'm just messing with you. I used to have a pen that when you clicked it, it would, I had a friend that was from Buffalo and I would click it all the time and it would play audibly. The kick is up and it's no good, no good. And I just, I clicked it so many times it died. (laughs) (laughs) Not because I cared about sports or anything like that, just because I knew I was kicking a nerve. <laughs> it was hysterical yeah. with him. <laughs> so you got to mix things up. You can't, you can't take everything seriously. That's, you know, one of the things that we show it's is candor and humor. Um, yeah. if, if you can't laugh, then you're, you're not doing yourself any favors. Right. Because yeah. laughter, I don't care what anybody says. It is one of the best medicines. Yeah. It changes yeah. the dynamic yeah. of everything. No matter how tense the situation, if one person in that room starts laughing to the point of hysterics for whatever right. reason, it will infect everybody else regardless. Yes. yes. Right? And comedy is something yeah. that is a diffuser. It doesn't, it doesn't put people on the carpet. When you have right. a larger group of people listening to something that is supposed to be funny, you can call out the, the, the bigger biases in life without telling somebody individually that they're the, you know, they're the ones committing the infraction. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it allows people to have that introspection after they've, you know, heard what has been said that is not actually acceptable. Right. And they get to do a, a course correction internally, yeah. you know, and that's why I like using comedy and things like this in this situation. And I, like yeah. I said, I've been overweight. I know what it feels like. It is not anywhere that anybody feels safe. Yeah. Well, You're guarded all the time. Guarded for sure. Yeah. Guarded. But then, you know, there are, you know, I just because I, I, re- I really always want to kind of reinforce, though, that there is there are great communities and there are people who are who are changing. And I there are times when I I do feel like I'm doing something for others. Like when I show up at the beach and I don't wear a cover up or anything or, you know, or I wear you know, my beautiful is not a size shirt. Like I can see I love that shirt. Thanks. I can see other people. Like I'll see women sometimes make like a small, like a tiny little smile. Like, and I feel like maybe, maybe it helped them a little bit. You know, like showing up. They showing want up. you to. 
Yeah. It's like dominoes. Things become acceptable when we take away the power. We take away the power and the leverage that is, you know, gained for somebody by making someone overweight feel inferior. When we take away that power, it, it literally diffuses the whole situation. And people need, we need people on the forefront. And let's face it, I'm 44. You're 41. We need to protect not just that generation from that viewpoint, because there are kids that are coming up through it, but we need to protect our children inside. Yeah. When we protect our children inside and we give them that confidence, it's a ripple effect. The next generation will have no choice but to assimilate into the new way of life. If we take the power away from these things, we give the power to our kids. Yeah. You know, we take it away in real time. That's why, you know, I was saying earlier, if you're the person that's overweight, you need to don't don't give them power. Yeah. Don't yeah. give them any power. And you're here to discuss these advocacy groups. And I love that. That's what that's what we need to be giving people is more yeah. camaraderie, less shame, the ability yeah. to walk out in groups, you know, and, and have that be taken away. Because I got to tell you, I saw a commercial the other day and I shouldn't notice this. This is the problem. Shouldn't notice this because it should just be the norm. However, I was sitting there with my wife and there was a woman that was not of the norm for TV. shaving her legs in the bathtub. And I looked over at my wife and I was like, thank God. I was like, she looks great. I was like, (laughs) you know, not that the other person didn't, but that's, that's not, I didn't feel like there was some bizarre mold that, you know, this person was trying to fit on TV because I don't know these people. Where are they? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're out there and they're, I think some companies are doing a really good job and, Gillette, as a matter of fact, back to Gillette. They had done some really great ads um, with um, Anna O'Brien, who's a plus-sized um, model. And yeah, I mean, they took a lot of heat for it. Um, there were pictures of her in the ocean. And, heat? and people were just, you know, you're glorifying obesity. We hear that all the time. Glorifying they don't obesity. want obesity to be okay because then it's not glorifying skinny. Right. I'm yeah. just going to put that out there. Yeah. It is a card that gets taken away when yeah. obese gets the same stigma as everybody else. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants I that agree. given up. Yep. And and people who cling so hard to fat phobia and hating fat bodies, they are very disturbed by seeing fat people be happy and showing up and being successful now. And O'Brien is doing very, very well. I'm sure she doesn't care at all. But she did put up a statement or something that said, you know, you know, I am a human being. This is upsetting. The things you're saying are horrible. And that's what's so hard that you want to be able to move on and dismiss these trolls, these people. But you also, you do want to say, why do you think you get to do this? And we know why people get to do it because we've created a culture that says, yeah, it's okay to do it to them. Yeah, Like I said, I think it's a two-way street, a double-edged sword or however you want to approach it, that it's got to be a real-time uh, mental health or mindfulness. That's the word I should be using to be able to operate with discernment when someone is utilizing this rhetoric as a way to make you feel inferior to them. Then we have to promote mindfulness so that people can delineate what is actually going to impact them and then can take that offensive approach, not a point from a point of pain, but from a point of peace. 
to be able to address the situation and make very calculated decisions on how to stop people from being biased, how to stop people from being afraid of being fat, afraid of being a human in just a different form. Last time I checked, the only thing permanent in this world is change. Yeah, yeah. Change. We're all going to get old. We're all going to increase and decrease in weight. We're all going to, it, it doesn't, doesn't say the same. We're all going to die. Yeah, yeah. You don't win if you go out with the least pounds. No. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the, they, imagine if they listed, you know, it was like golf. Whoever gets out with the lowest LBs wins. <laughs> now, if that was the dynamic, I could understand. Well, actually, no, you'd want other people to lose wouldn't you right yeah yeah I think you would right oh <laughs> did I just invent a new way to judge people <laughs> we're here to create societal divides oh, no. <laughs> here lies Jay <laughs> this is what he weighs <laughs> oh let's um let's let's talk about your your website um yeah. nationalplusguide.com Let's yeah. let's get that out there because I think this is a great way to help people sure. in the situation I was describing earlier. Yeah, so um, a couple of months ago, I partnered up with uh, Nemade and something she'd been working on for about two years. And I had a little more time to devote to helping out. So basically, you can go to the website and search by state or by uh, business and find a place that has been approved or nominated by a plus size person as being plus friendly. So if you wanted to find a hair salon in Delaware, you could go on there and try to find something. And I try to think of it as people have said like, oh, are you putting up bad reviews? No, it's like the opposite of cancel culture. This is not cancel culture. It's people doing things right culture. So any business on there has been submitted by somebody who said I had a great experience here. And then we've checked with the business and said, are you cool with being on here? Um, nobody has said no yet. Uh, and the things we're looking for are there are four kind of categories. There's um, uh, physical comfort, um, which is just, you know, can I fit in the damn chair? Um, and can I right. walk? You know, I've been there just, you know, I've been in salons where, you know, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, emotional comfort. Were you treated well? Did people look you up and down? Uh, were you spoken to nicely? Uh, plus presence, you know. Are there other plus people there? And that that may sound a little bit like what? Everybody's got to look like you. No, no. But there is something, again, it goes back to representation. Is there, are they overtly making an attempt to not have obese people as patrons or workers at the establishment? Correct. That's where we're going, right? And are all the fat people not seated by the window and in the back? Because that's the thing. Um, so, yeah, we look Jeez, at man. Yeah. I've walked through life like a dunce. Like, no, I, I see it. It hurts. Just like you were saying earlier, you want to stop people from doing it. Uh, yeah. And then the last category is kind of um, health focused. Um, so we look at people who are, uh, you know, providers or clinics or groups that are um, approaching from the HAES um, model. So health at every size, you know, mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, no matter what size you are, we can let's talk about whatever you want to talk about with your health. And we're not always going to prescribe weight loss. And we're going to talk about things like intuitive eating, which is not a diet. It's kind of listening it's to It's not going to be just the cholesterol talk. Right. As soon as yeah. you, what are your lipids? Right. You know, like, can you know, we talk about other things? Right. Or like, you know, I went in for like a nail infection one time and it was like, well, you know, this probably wouldn't have happened if you weren't fat. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to 
call some bullshit on that, but all right. Um, That's like saying you're blind from psoriasis. Right. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, medical. Well, now there's probably yeah. something out there. Somebody's got to write in one. Uh, on, yeah. Well, you know, actually, psoriasis causes in 1% of people. My cousin is a specialist in psoriasis. And yeah. yeah. Um, no. So, yeah. So that's just kind of um, the categories we look at. And again, we just are looking to highlight people who are doing well. Um, ideally, we'd also like to start getting together. We're working on a newsletter. We'd like to expand some more media platforms and have it be more of a Again, a cool, safe place for people to come and see like what's new in the plus world, what issues are going on, advocacy stuff. Um, there's some legislation pending in different states about um, actually creating protection for size discrimination because we don't mm, have that. So you, may, you mean make it uh, part of the overarching discrimination acts and things like yeah. that and getting it yeah. more integrated into those scenarios as well? Yeah, yeah, I believe if, I, um, if I'm correct. Right now, only Michigan has weight discrimination like laws against it in place. There are some cities here and there that have it, um, but only Michigan as a state. And that means that, you, yeah, you can be discriminated against in housing and in the workplace for, for your weight. And there's really nothing you can do about it. It is so horrible that people make these, uh, you know, these decisions to hate based mm -hmm. on weight. Like, yeah. I can't imagine not renting to somebody because yeah. they're overweight. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a house of cards and they're on the second floor, right. it's still then, you know, yeah. I mean, that's just out of print. <laughs> but yeah, it, no. it's baffling. Yeah. You know, um, these sites, this has got to help. It gives yeah. that um, that place that's for right. people to come together, congregate and feel that yeah. acceptedness. Yeah. Yeah. That's what our that's what our goal is, just to kind of we call it a, a place for us to find the, pla the places you fit in. So, yeah. Kind of our slogan, slogan, slogan. <laughs> Wait a minute, can you repeat your slogan again, please? I was trying to say slogan. I said slogan. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I start every day. <laughs> I am pulling it at PR today. Um, no, but see, again, it's in the name, the Tragedy Academy. <laughs> so we're allowed to screw things up. We can make mistakes. And... Uh, I'll let you know up front, all of this information, everybody will be in our show notes on the website. Okay. So yeah. you'll be able to go to nationalplusguide.com if you don't remember how, you know, or what exactly the website is. Um, all of Janet's information will be up there. Please reach out and support this wonderful, wonderful, you know, I, I don't want to call it a cause. I feel like I keep pausing on these words that make obesity yeah. a charity, make obesity a problem, make obesity yeah. anything but just what it is. But the fact of the matter is, is we have a gap in the market right now for the safety and well-being of those people that are overweight. And we need to give them that place until yeah. we as a society can you know, make the proper course corrections to allow for acceptance of people, no matter how they look, what they weigh, you know, and, and help people with the implicit bias that comes along with it. You know, try to help people shake that tuba in their right ear. You know, every time they're looking at it, you know, stop doing that. Yeah. There's, and I'll say this, there's an onus on film, media, all these places oh, yeah. to, because the reality is you said this is us earlier. Yeah. There's a lot of people that love that show. And I can't help but believe in my heart of hearts that anybody involved in that has nothing but the greatest intent, which I think you believe as well. Yes, 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 yes. That's, I do. Um, and, there, and there's a difference between that 
and you know Jimmy Kimmel getting up and doing his spiel about how his aunt is overweight and like he makes some you know he I don't know he had some horrific thing a few weeks ago I don't know like I said earlier this is on both sides so I'm not blaming any particular group or you know political that's impossible that everybody's well I you had a statistic that um, you had submitted uh, when you were interviewing to be on the show and you said 70% of Americans are plus sized. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make a call here. Isn't it 30% of people are small. (laughs) If you're to look at how things work, that, that is not an (laughs) proper ratio. So we need to understand that it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a health issue, that's between that person and their doctor. If it's a mental issue, that's between them and their therapist. You don't need to call it out when they walk in a room. You don't need to announce it. You don't need to give any sound effects. You don't need to change the dynamics of a room. Because could you imagine if we made the decision to talk to people the way that it was 100% portrayed on TV like that, like all the time, it would be unbelievable. So media, own your mindful moments. If people are going to donate their time to you, one hour, whatever it is for the week or for whatever, you know, eight hours for a sit and binge or whatever, the onus is on you to make the right decisions and how you present the characters or the people or the message that you're carving out. Whether it's a joke or not, you have to make the, you have to make that decision as to whether or not it is going to impact society and people for good or for bad because people don't act mindfully in their life now. They choose their mindful moments that are given to them. They Their mindful moments are Netflix or Hulu or Disney+. Plus. So guess what, Hulu, Netflix, Disney+. Plus. Make sure that your content is exuding acceptance that it is bringing everybody together, that it is painting the proper picture because as creators, we write the future, whether we like it or not. When you're a creator, you are putting pen to paper for what the next generation is going to believe. Yep, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. My final rant of the year. (laughs) So, Janet, thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for coming on. Thank you for being you. Thank you for having... I hate to say courage and things like that. So thank you for being authentic. That is the word that we need to accept that everybody, we we say that we're a melting pot, things like that, but we keep trying to divide the pot up. You know, we keep trying to give it different attributes. We've got to, yeah. got to bring it together. Yeah. We just got to bring well, thanks. Thank you for, for the, the forum and for uh, your thoughts. I think, yeah, this has been really great and I hope, I hope it was helpful to people. And um, yeah, so thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And I know I focus a lot on mindfulness, a lot on not taking on things and a lot of, you know, self-preservation. And, 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 and that's why I say that because I don't say that because it's an opinion. I say that because it's an experience. Right. And for me, one of the biggest steps to combating, you know, body dysmorphia, because let's, let's call it what it is. It's body dysmorphia at its, at its core. Because it's been given a label and it's been, you know, conditioned into our mind that we're not, you know, we don't fit in. We're not a status quo. That said, when you have body dysmorphia, you, I don't know, you take on everything from everybody else and you believe that life. You do. And obesity gives that same thing. If we, we apply, we are getting very good at LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We really are. And we're, we're approaching it and starting to see from a mental 
situation that people are not wrong for who they are. And if we're going to extend that kind of empathy and that kind of understanding, let's extend it to everybody and just say, look, everybody is allowed to be authentic. Nothing more, nothing less. And I thank you for being authentic because that's what you're doing. You're not, you're not being a strong, overweight person. (laughs) Yeah, right. You're being authentic. You're being Janet Conroy Quirk. (laughs) Remember that name, everybody, because this is how you set the standard. I appreciate you. Um, you Do you have anything else you want to leave with anybody? Um, Do you have uh, Instagram, anything like that that you want to plug real quick? Yeah, um, my Instagram is just uh, Janet Conroy Quirk. Because I'm not very creative. Um, well, because and, there's um, not many Janet Conroy quirks. There are not, no, except for that fake page that some troll made. But that wasn't me. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. I know, too much time. Well, that's, you know what, before we go, understand that there is social media is we have to continue to protect people in those environments. Yeah, we do. Just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah, we do. They, that is just as painful as it is being driven by and yelled at, if not worse, right. because there's no way to stop it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, so I'm out there and National Plus Guide is on Instagram. Um, also, again, just National Plus Guide. And we hope people find it and use it. And um, if you own a business or you know a business or you like a business that you think is plus friendly, please let us know. You can just um, email us, nationalplusguide at gmail. We want to hear about it. You don't have to be plus. We trust you. If you think yep. it's a safe and place. It's not, it's not, let us know. it's not rating. Like yeah. you said earlier, everybody's like, we're rating it like Yelp. Well, guess what? If Yelp exists, why can't this exist? Right. Exactly. Because you're yeah. not supposed to guess where you can go sit down. Right. Yeah. It, it, you need to know where you can go sit down. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you. Thanks again, Janet. Hey, academics. Thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at the Tragedy Academy 2019, on TikTok at the Tragedy Academy, and on Twitter at tragedy underscore academy, where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows, updated info, and thoughts. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to show at thetragedyacademy.com. Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool, keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey. You'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change 
is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.